The text for the proclamation of God's Word this morning is Psalm 47, the verses 5 through 9. And after that word has been proclaimed, we will continue our singing of this psalm with stanzas 2 and 3 after the sermon. Let's read Psalm 47, the second half again. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations, God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together, the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God, he is greatly exalted. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 47 is certainly a psalm that's full of energy, enthusiasm, even exuberance. You see how it begins. Oh, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. And not only clapping, but also shouting. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. And not only clapping and shouting, there's the sound of the trumpet, the trumpet blast, and then in verse 6, four times the command comes, sing praises, sing praises, sing praises, sing praises. And if, if that wasn't enough to get our attention once more in verse 7, sing praises with understanding. So you see there's no lack of enthusiasm, no lack of energy here in this psalm. But then the question is, first of all, to whom is all of this shouting and singing directed? And of course that's very obvious from the psalm. It's directed to God the king, the ascended king. For the Lord has, verse 5, gone up with a shout. And so the connection to Ascension Day already starts to become clear. But now, the interesting thing about this psalm. The praises are directed to the Lord. That's the to whom but what about the from whom? Who's supposed to be giving all of this singing and shouting and clapping? Verse 1 makes it very clear. All you peoples, all the earth, all the nations. You see, this is not just a psalm, brothers and sisters, for the nation of Israel, the people of God. This is a psalm 
that calls, that summons literally the whole globe. China, Cambodia, Canada, makes no difference. All peoples are summoned to praise the one true living ascended king. And here then you see, brothers and sisters, how this psalm points us directly to Jesus Christ. Because where do these two things come together? On the one hand, God going up, ascending, and on the other hand, all of the nations, and not just the nation of Israel, starting to sing praises to Him. Well, it's at the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ when He sent out His apostles to all the nations, even as we read from Acts, to the very ends of the earth. And so, let us look more closely at this psalm, not only as it is there in the Old Testament, but also and especially how it points us forward to Jesus Christ and His ascension. I bring you God's word as follows. Our King has ascended to sit on His throne. He does this in the first place amid songs of praise. He does it over all the earth. And finally, He does it for a united people. We're paying attention this morning to the second half of Psalm 47, and it's very clear that there are two halves to this psalm. They're divided by the word off on the right-hand side after verse 4, Selah. Selah means rest, pause. As you're reading or even as you're singing this psalm, take a breath here. A moment of silence. But then suddenly, that silence is shattered. Shattered by the sound of a shout, but also shattered by the sound of a trumpet. And brothers and sisters, not just any trumpet either, because there is a close connection between the Lord going up and the sound of the trumpet. Let's trace it through. As God's people were going through the wilderness on their journey to the promised land, the Lord gave Moses a very specific instruction. You can read all about it in Numbers chapter 10. The Lord told Moses to instruct the people to make, in fact, two trumpets. They had to be carefully hammered out of silver and slowly, carefully, precisely formed and fashioned into two beautiful-sounding musical instruments. And those two silver trumpets had a very specific purpose. As you know, God's people were traveling through that wilderness onto the promised land, they would settle down for a time in a certain camp, in a certain area. And then when the pillar of glory, the Lord's glory, rose up, then it was time to move on. They had to pack up all the tents, all the belongings, get everything ready, the tabernacle, and then off they would go to the next place where they would settle down for a little longer. 
However, before they left from any place to travel on, the Lord said, this is what must happen. First of all, two priests would take those two silver trumpets, lift them up, and give a good, long, solid blast. That trumpet blast was the signal. Now it's time to move on. And then Moses would stand and in a good, clear, loud voice, he would say, Rise up, O Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. And then, only after the trumpet blast and only after Moses has shouted out, Rise up, O Lord, then the priests and the Levites would take all of the pieces of the tabernacle, including the ark, the covenant, lift it up on the poles, put it on their shoulders, and move on to the next place. You notice the connection. There's three things together. First of all, there's the shout. Secondly, there's the trumpet blast. And third, there's the rising up of the Lord's ark to begin with. And that ark of the Lord is called in Scripture the footstool of God's throne. God's throne, of course, is in heaven. But as it were, as the Lord sits enthroned in the heavens, his feet rest upon the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle. The Ark rises up amid the shouting of Moses and the blasting of the trumpets. That's how it began. So they went through the wilderness. The Lord brought them into the promised land. And then, once they were all settled down, houses all settled, farms set up, David, King David, at a certain point said, this is not right. Here we are, all living in our homes, taking care of our farms, and where is that footstool? of the Lord's throne. Well, it had even been taken into enemy territory, the land of the Philistines, but then it was brought back, and David said, we can do better than this. This ark of the Lord, it should be in its proper place. It should be up on Mount Zion. And so he did what needed to be done. The first time it didn't work out. You remember Uzzah, he touched the ark. He also died for it. And so the ark stayed a little longer in the house of Obed-Edom, but then things went better the second time. And they brought up the ark up onto Mount Zion. And listen to what Scripture says, 2 Samuel 6, David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might, while the entire house of Israel brought up, notice the direction, the ark of the Lord with shouts and with the sound of trumpets. There it is again, the same three, taking up of the ark of the Lord, 
shouts and trumpets. Once more. For as you know, even though David wanted to build a beautiful temple for the Lord, the Lord said, no, that will be a job for your son. And so King Solomon in due time built a magnificent temple. And then, Scripture says, 1 Kings 8, the priests brought up the ark of the Lord. Why brought up? It was already on Mount Zion, yes, but you see the place where they built the temple was just a little bit higher, a little hill on top of the larger hill, Mount Zion. And so they brought up the ark a little bit higher, and then Scripture adds, and King Solomon shouted out in a loud and joyful voice, praise be to the Lord. Do you see it? There's history here, brothers and sisters. The ark of the Lord had been going up, first of all through the journey, up from resting on the ground, up onto the shoulders of the priest, down again, up onto the shoulders of the priest. Then in due time, up a little higher, significantly higher, onto Mount Zion. But even that, that was not quite high enough. And then up onto the Temple Mount. And as the ark is ascending each time a little bit higher, shouts of joy, trumpet blasts all the way along. And why, why are the people so happy every time that ark goes up? Because it reminds them they have a king. And a king, brothers and sisters, a good king, a king who is God, is truly a blessed thing. It's a king who takes care of us, a king who protects us, a king who provides for us, a king who makes sure that justice gets done and that God's people can live in peace and flourish. All of those things are definitely something worth singing about. Not only for the nation of Israel, but as mentioned at the beginning, this is something for all the nations to celebrate. But it must have been strange then, wouldn't you say, for God's people in the Old Testament to be singing this Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all you peoples. The Babylonians? Are the Babylonians, brothers and sisters, going to clap their hands and praise the God of Abraham? Verse 9? Aren't those the enemies? What about the Egyptians? Are the Egyptians going to break forth and sing praises to the God of Abraham? Wasn't he the God who took their slave labor force away from them? What about the Romans? What about the Canadians? Is the nation of Canada going to clap its hands 
sound the trumpet and sing praise to the God of Abraham? Does our nation get excited about that? If Team Canada wins the World Hockey Championship, then there might be some clapping. Then there might be some shouting. Maybe even people blowing on some type of trumpet. But for the ascension of the God of Abraham, Ascension Day, you can't even find it on a calendar, brothers and sisters. Let alone that the nation is getting excited about it. And so something hangs in the air here. Where is this psalm going? Where does this actually touch to reality? Well, brothers and sisters, it does precisely in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After he arose from the dead, he went up, yes? First up to the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, interestingly, is 200 feet higher than the Temple Mount. You see, Jesus, even before he ascended to heaven, went up just a little bit higher than where that footstool, the ark, the footstool of God's throne had sat for so many years. He went up a little bit higher. But that, that was just the beginning. For from that point, 200 feet higher, he went up another 100 feet and then another hundred feet, and then another thousand, up into the clouds when he was taken away from their sight. And that was no footstool anymore. That was not even the throne. Brothers and sisters, that was the king himself. Do you see it? We're no longer talking about footstools. The king himself ascends. Now, if God's people were excited to the point of praise when they saw a footstool go up a couple hundred feet. What about us when the king goes up all the way to his throne in heaven? That's something for us to celebrate. That's something which has global implications because one of the last things that Jesus said before he went up was to give his apostles the instruction now to start going out. Because yes, the people of Babylon, the people of Egypt, the people of Cambodia, and the people of Canada have to be brought in to become part of the people of God. And now you see it's fulfilled. How far is Owen Sound away from Jerusalem? And yet it's happening. Here we are this morning to sing praise to God because of the ascension of his Son, our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. It has come true, and it's becoming fuller and fuller 
all of the time. People around the world are being brought into submission to this great king. Yes, that's all part of it. You notice that already in the first part of the psalm, that there is a submission. He will subdue the peoples under us, God's people, the nations under our feet. But then, of course, that's only because we're all subdued under the king himself. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing to sing, and we can sing Psalm 47, and we can sing other ascension psalms or hymns, but if that singing, brothers and sisters, is not matched up with submission, then we can say king, king, king all we want, but it rings hollow. It's an empty trumpet blast. Singing has to be matched by submission if you're singing to a real king. And in fact, we, we make this commitment too. When we make public profession of faith, if you've done that recently, if you did that many years ago, if you're still working towards that, young people, the first question that we answer when we take that vow of public profession of faith is, do you firmly resolve to commit your whole life to the Lord's service as a living member of His church? To the Lord's service, that means submission to the King. When we take that vow, we say, I do. Good. Now a question for you. Are you doing? Your whole life? What about your verbal life? You talk face to face, on the phone, you text, you tweet, you post on Facebook. That's part of your life. Is your verbal life under full submission to the king? Do you think about that before you open your mouth or push post? Your emotional life, that's also part of your whole life. Today is Mother's Day. Cards are given, maybe little gifts. It's a nice day. There are also other days within the household, within the family. Children love parents. But that's not the only emotion they have. Sometimes they get mad at their parents, too. The other way around. Parents love their children, but that's not the only emotion they have. Sometimes they get exasperated with their children, too. Our emotions, 
They're such a part of our whole life. But Psalm 47, we're singing to a king, and that part of your life too is under submission to him. Do you think about that before you let your emotions spill out or pack them inside? Your financial life, that's a big part. Taking money in, spending money, saving money, investing money, a lot of hours sunk into these type of things. Do you do that as well? In submission to the king. And do you do that, brothers and sisters, with the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same exuberance that you sing a Psalm 47? Because it's all part of exactly the same package. You see, life as a whole is to be a song of praise to this great ascended king. And let it be so then that our singing and our submission are in harmony with each other. And we can keep it up too because this great king as we are assured by the word of God here, is indeed the king of all the earth. Verse 7, and he rules over all the nations. Verse 8, nothing happens here below without him being in control of it all. And that is a very reassuring truth because there's a lot going on. And there's always been a lot going on, brothers and sisters, but the thing of living in the 21st century is you become aware of so much more that's all going on. We have all these means of communication, TV, internet, email, newspapers, it goes on and on and on. And so our minds are filled. Some days you may even feel like they are bombarded with all of this information. And we live in the global village. They have economic troubles in Europe, and our economy has to deal with it. If there's some big oil well explosion down in South America, our gas prices may go up. It's all interconnected, financially, politically, and even religiously. It used to be that the so-called Western nations were by and large linked to Christianity, even if it was not always so sincere. But now, all kinds of different religions, Eastern religions in the West, Western religions in the East, it's all so intricate, so interwoven. Life is not becoming any more simple, is it? Some days that it all seems rather overwhelming. And you can even people hear people say, I don't even want to listen to the news anymore. It just gets me down. It just gets me depressed. Well, if you ever reach that point, brothers and sisters, maybe it's time 
to sing Psalm 47 again. You don't have to wait for Sunday to do that either. Sing about your king. Our king, says the psalm. Our king who is king over all the earth. Yes, it's complex. Yes, it's far more than our little minds can ever fathom. But Christ, the same one who was born for you, the same one who suffered for you, the exact same person who went to the cross for you out of love, he sits now and he rules over every recession, over every political crisis, over every detail of global history. And he's leading it forward. And he's leading it forward with a special eye upon his people. Yes, people. You notice, brothers and sisters, how the psalm begins, verse 1, with the peoples, plural. Verse 3, he will subdue the peoples, the nations under our feet. And so it continues until the last verse. And now suddenly, the plural's gone. The princes of the people have gathered together. The people of the God of Abraham. You see, miracle of the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these different people from all of these different nations, China, Cambodia, Canada, doesn't matter. And he brings them together through the power of his spirit into one people. So many different histories. So many different cultures, so many different languages, so many different backgrounds, but Christ has the power to overcome all those things and unite his people as one. Oh, it doesn't always work easily. The Catholic Church of Jesus Christ, with all the different nations, doesn't always go smoothly. Otherwise, why would we have general synods with all the discussions with different churches here and there? It's not all smooth. We all understand that. It's not all smooth locally either within a congregation where people come from different backgrounds and different walks of life. And yet, brothers and sisters, the Lord brings us together, united as one people, People who are elevated to a great and gracious privilege because there's princes. And that doesn't only refer to a certain upper crust. No. Within the people of God. In fact, brothers and sisters, this is the fulfillment We're all royal. Not only are we all in Christ, prophets, not only are we all in Christ, priests, but in Christ, we're all kings and queens. 
And that's also how we conduct ourselves within the people of God. What a privilege to receive humble nobodies that we all really are by nature, that we would receive this designation, you are royal, you are part of God's royal family. Well, brothers and sisters, that's quite a privilege. That is something to sing about. Amen.